Optimal health for high performers. This is the Health Upgrade Podcast with Dr. Nawaz Habib. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Habib. I'm really excited about today's guest. Today I will be speaking with Henrietta Devine, the owner of Tagalan. Tagalan is a uh, lifestyle apparel company based out of Vancouver that donates a portion of its proceeds to supporting educating children about urban agriculture. They use ethical, eco-friendly fabrics. They sell super soft, sustainable teats, tanks, and comfies. And I'm actually wearing one right now to share the love of, of the gifts Mama Earth gave us. And Henrietta herself is uh, an amazing friend of mine. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Henrietta Divine is the enabler of all good things, good conversations, good connections, good product, and good vibes. She's committed to elevating the quality of all that she touches. Henrietta is the founder of Tagalan, the lifestyle apparel company that focuses on bringing play and sustainability to life through super soft, comfy tees with a kickback to community initiatives that support local agriculture and education. I am super excited about today's conversation. She's going to help us talk a little bit about our clothing, our connection to the earth, to the planet, our connection to uh, health, and how we can bring sustainability into our lives and really elevate the way that we're functioning on a daily basis. So really, really excited about today's guest. Looking forward to chatting with you and chatting with Henrietta. Please welcome Henrietta. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really, really excited to have you on here. I wanted to just say thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to have our conversation. I'm excited to be here. I always enjoy our conversations with us. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit about Tagalan. How did you get into uh, the clothing game? How did you get into this whole realm? And, and maybe we can hear a little bit about your story overall. Yeah. To be quite honest, selling t-shirts was not what I thought I'd be doing as a kid. I grew up knowing for sure that I was going to be a lawyer. I wanted to study criminal law and sociology and psychology and understanding the human brain. And then I got into the industry and the environment of the people that were there. I was like, oh, this is, this is not my people. I didn't vibe with me. I horribly disappointed my parents. <laughs> How could she not be a lawyer or a doctor? And I think there's lots of families that can relate to that kind of decision-making. There's a lot of different career paths that happened along the way. And, and prior to coming on board to this, I was part of this sales and operations team where we were implementing enterprise resource planning systems in an Italian manufacturing company and incorporating that as we took over a US and Canadian company and built up the system that had all three countries talking about their rules and policies and procedures within the industry. Sounds boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> But I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you I was really, really good at it and understanding like three different types of communities, building a way of communicating within that and all the systems and structures, and then having a team of sales and understanding how each different country sold product and the time that it takes. Anyway, there's a time in my life that there was a transition between like, do I go back to this corporate job? Do I start something new? I always knew that I wanted to start something. I didn't know what it was. And everything about the brand came to me as I was trying to fall asleep one night. I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of gal. So I knew the type of fabric that I wanted. I knew some of the sayings. My grandfather 
taught me how to backyard garden. We had chickens and eggs and fresh vegetables. And he would say a lot of these things um, that are on my printed shirt. Um, and so I woke up from that. This isn't happening right now. This is this. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Everything about it uh, was very real and tangible. I knew exactly what this entity was going to grow into. And so that's where we are now. We design and print t-shirts that are play on food and garden words. And we use the proceeds to educate children about urban agriculture. So that's things like cultivate, root down, get dirty, don't kill my vibe. I absolutely love every single one of your t-shirts. I, <laughs> uh, like I said earlier on, I'm wearing one wow. that's a partner with a brand that you've partnered with. And for me, it, it really is a, a, a way to bring together things that you love. And it really sounded like it was a download from the universe one night as you were falling asleep, as you were uh, laying in bed and, and things just kind of came to you there. Uh, is that kind of what it felt like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I can remember that sensation of like, I should be asleep, but every single detail, every single detail, even like the colors. Like I could feel them. I knew that they were real. Yeah. So when I woke up, I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. And every, everything after that, every time I make a decision to lean into more of the yes for Tegulon, opportunity is right there. Every decision wasn't wrong. And it came with so much ease and flow from going to markets, from finding the stuff to set up my product with. Like I'm essentially building out a little store but it all came so fluidly and every vision that I had for it uh, was right there. And I just had to say yes and take action around it. I'm curious to find out what that next morning was like for you and, and kind of what you did to, it, it was like, it was downloaded. Now, what did you do to manifest that into reality? And, and what were, what were those immediate steps that you took uh, right away to, to get everything prepped and launched? Yeah. Uh, Google. <laughs> Just went straight to there. And, and quite honestly, there wasn't really much around it. The things that came up at the time were why they didn't have children on the farm. Why? Because, you know, there's big equipment. There's a lot of danger around it. There is already removal of having children integrated in understanding where their food comes from or being a part of the environment. Yes, there are big equipment, but that's not the entirety of the experience that kids can have being outside. And so the more and more I saw that, like there's a different framework, there's a different way that we can approach this. And right away, I knew it had to be around kids because I know they are, <laughs> they are the ones who like feel truth, they know truth. And if we can counsel and guide more of that as opposed to telling them how things are, they just soak that stuff up and they are so on board with making these kinds of changes and living a life that falls into alignment to that kind of truth. It sounds like, and I know this about you as well, that family is a very important part of this for you, that your kids play a major role in yeah. your desire to get them rooted into kind of where stuff comes from, understanding uh, urban farming, understanding how to uh, cultivate your own positive vibes through the planet. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that and how families played a role. Oh, goodness. This is a great question. So I come from generations of farmers on both sides from two different countries. And like any immigrating family, they came to Canada looking for a better life for themselves and for their future families. Both my parents met here in Victoria at Bouchard Gardens in a garden. He like saw her from the terrace. And it's interesting because living here, I grew up in North Delta. It's a suburb of Vancouver. 
have, like I said, a backyard garden. They're living the Canadian dream of, of everything. And then I moved to the city of Vancouver and I realized that there's no farm space here. There's no access for me to grow rice, till the land, take care of farm animals. That's not gonna happen. For me, who comes from generations of family of farming. And so to recognize that this actually, this removal from that is actually not a benefit. It's a real deterrent from that. And that knowledge, those generational knowledge cannot be lost on me because I'm living here. Uh, so this is my homage to, to my generations, to my ancestors, to coming generations of really connecting back to planet Earth and understanding the gifts that she has, the medicines that are here and taking care of that. I absolutely love that. What role did your kids play in that? Was it kind of like the kids were the driver for you to want to continue to share that information in generations going forward? Was that kind of the intention mm -hmm. there? Yeah. So here in Vancouver, there's a few local kid programs already. At the time, a lot of the farmlands were already getting smaller and smaller as more development was coming in. And urban agriculture wasn't a thing, but there was a very small community of people that were really committed to bringing this knowledge forward. And my kids were part of those programs um, and they were seeking funding. They need donations to operate, they need grants to operate. And so right away, you know, giving donations has been a part of my upbringing it's it's always been a thing and so it made sense to me that a portion of proceeds would go back to these community organizations it's one thing to you know create our own program which we're going through again and there's another in supporting other community programs as well there is an abundance of information that can be shared and we can support each other i think it's really beneficial and especially for the kids that are a part of it yeah there's no question that family and kids play a major role in being a motivating factor for all of us to be able to to do the things that we do and it sounds like your story obviously is no different than that and and wanting to not be the missing link in the generational knowledge and and generational kind of tools that have been passed down for so many years tell me a little bit about your childhood and and what really immersed you and and how you were you were brought into this and and what it meant for you in terms of health uh and and your connection to the planet Oh man, great question. Because truly it is a lifelong observation as a child. So I grew up at a time when packaged food and preservatives were part of the norm, right? Like if you can start purchasing these, these pre-packaged product or things that have lots of preservatives, like you were, you were well off and you were, you were healthy. My grandparents lived with us and they were always fresh vegetables, homemade everything. And my mom always cooked dinner at nighttime as well. And so we always had family dinner together. But what I did notice is that this disconnect between understanding the food that they were consuming and finding that balance between like the nutritional food that comes from organic, organic or at least green food versus um, something that might be high in sodium, high cholesterol type of food. And so watching a lifetime of, of my parents making decisions for our family in this way I, I knew what I needed for my own personal strength and for my body. But what I watched with my parents and my grandparents is that the food was causing high cholesterol, high blood pressure. My dad was having kidney problems. It eventually led to uh, type two diabetes. And even at a young age, at like 40 something, 
I remember him saying that I'm, I'm going to die soon. I was like, why would you say that? You're 40, you have like years and years ahead of you. And he's like, no, I'm going to be dying sometime soon. So even that mentality of thinking that his body is at 40 something is already not cooperating, that it's not operating at its best, right? And it's years of this mentality thinking of the food that he's putting in his body. He worked a lot. He was always working. But was there any type of work that allowed type of exercise of running or daily walks? Uh, that wasn't part of it as well. So as a kid, I watched his whole physical body decompose essentially over that, that time and really wear down. And then, you know, eventually he's passed away now, but it's the result of multiple heart attacks, a couple strokes, and all of the other underlying conditions that didn't allow his body to actually rest and heal properly. So watching all of this, is, these are sort of things as a kid growing up, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm doing more of this. <laughs> you know, it becomes very clear sort of what it is that I, I will be choosing to do. Absolutely. It's, it's generally stories like this lead us to, to make changes in our own lives, especially when our family's involved. And you had the ability to see your grandparents go through a very relatively healthy, it, it was almost like this bipolar kind of conversation. You saw what worked and then you saw what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, all of these prepackaged foods with preservatives and nutrients that were just didn't mix with what, what health really truly is. And I think all of that links to the idea of the convenience that we essentially have have built out in the lives that we have. If it's inconvenient to go and get your own food, if it's inconvenient to uh, be at a job that has you up and moving, if it's inconvenient, then we generally don't do it. We limit that inconvenience and we go towards convenience because we know that time is that resource. And yet we are we are actually losing time if we are using these convenient products because so many of us are are dying early or having significant health challenges that prevent us from experiencing all the positive things that time has to give us and and we're not able to spend our time the way that we want yeah and for me even that's a big thing that I've been meaning to bring to my kids I I didn't want my kids to go through the same health challenges that I did that my Mm -hmm. family had gone through and even I'm lucky enough to be able to have shared a lot of these tools with my parents who are relatively healthy in their 60s mm-hmm. and 70s. Mm-hmm. So being able to share these with kids and being able to, to show them that convenience is really not the way that we need to start to be uh, more connected to the planet is really the, the tool that I think is really going to be beneficial for us. And I'm, I'm so proud of what you're doing at Tagalan to mm-hmm. connect people back to the earth in in a very strong way. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, to give you a sense of time, my grandparents, they passed away in their late 90s. And my father passed away in his late 60s. So there's 30 years, an entire generation of of adult life that could have been extended there. We know that uh, currently children are spending less than one hour a day outside. And it's, you talk about the convenience, there's also the pace of this convenience as well, right? Like, the pace of being outside is much slower, <laughs> you know, and, and it's unsettling for someone who may be used to constantly moving and having maybe an adrenaline that keeps them running 
to mm-hmm. do all of the things that they need to do. And so when you, you slow down or you rest, it really shocks the system a little bit of being like, oh, what's going on here? But we know that when we do this outside and kind of slow down to the pace that mother nature offers, we really do start to feel the energetic shift within our own bodies and how good that starts to feel when you can actually relax into that. Let's talk about that energetic shift and, yeah. and what you've experienced in your life when you reconnected with the earth a little bit and you you made the decision to not allow that convenience and those those challenges of being indoors all the time and not eating healthy food trigger those major issues that could come up. So tell me a little bit about kind of your journey into that space. Yeah, it's interesting because I have this interesting relationship with time. I know time exists. I understand that it's a measurement. And to to keep our integrity in in meetings, there's events that we keep to. Mm -hmm. But if we actually look at time at the pace that Mother Nature offers, everything that grows naturally operates at its own time. There is no rush. You know, a flower may bud on a tree on the same branch, another will, will bloom later, you know, and there isn't any there's no wrong in that. It just is when it is. And it all looks beautiful as it blooms and shines. (laughs) I'm laughing because I was like, oh, this is the language that I speak in. And it kind of may sound a little absurd. Or when you watch the waves come in and out, every single wave is different. Every movement that it makes is at its own pace and neither one is wrong, right? And it offers what it offers as it moves in and out and makes those changes. Same with the sun as it rises and falls, right? Like the time between 12 and noon is always going to be the same. There's no hurry <laughs> to get to one o'clock or two o'clock. It just moves as it does. And so there's this, for me, there's this real fascination at the pace that everything unfolds. And when you sit and look at mother nature, there's no aspect of its forest or its garden that is incorrect. You know, it, every single piece is meant to be there for a reason and for a purpose. And when we start understanding the relationship between plants, plants really grow well when they have their best friends around them to grow with, you know? And so it's fun to teach kids. These are three plants that really like to be around each other. And these are the reasons why, and this is how they benefit one another. And I think, wow, can we apply that to our own humanness? And we can go, yeah, yeah, we can. And it's really exciting to feel that type of charge that isn't manufactured or forced. Yeah. It brings me back to that saying where the average of the five people we spend the most time with, right? Mm. If, if plants do this, if nature does this, if, if we observe correctly in nature, if we, if we are able to take the time to reconnect with the way that the, the planet, the universe functions, it, it goes to remind us in, in our own lives how we should be spending our time, who we should be around. Are we around the, the people that are going to make us better, that are going to push us in the right direction towards personal growth and being able to share our personal message with those around us? Or are we spending our time with people that generally are kind of potentially holding us back? Right. And I know that I've, I've been around multiple types of different people and I've been able to kind of make those, those changes, make those, those things occur. And I think each person that's on that personal development journey realizes that 
there are people out there that are on a very similar path to you. And, and if you can connect with them, if you can spend time uh, in mastermind groups like we do, or uh, in, in various communities where you're kind of all working to develop yourself in a positive way, but you see that occurring in nature and being able to observe all of that is just a reaffirmation that you're, you're following the laws of the universe. Mm -hmm. I, I really kind of love that and being able to connect how things are happening and what we observe externally in a natural habitat versus what's going on with our lives and, and who we're connecting with. And obviously, I think this, this is a really interesting kind of question for you as well, the way that the world is in its current situation with sure. the lockdowns, the issues with viruses and, and health being at, more at the forefront for, uh, for us than ever really before. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that might come up while people are experiencing these lockdowns from a mental health side of things, from a connection to nature side of things, connection to other people as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that connection is a very big piece of what you stand for, what Tagalan stands for as well. Yeah, I find this time really fascinating. And at the beginning of the year, it being 2020, I was like, oh, this year is the year of clarity. <laughs> You know, we'll be able to understand and see things with a lot more, more clear intention of where we want to go. And then the entire world jumped on board and said, okay, <laughs> let's get really clear on what is important to us as individuals and as a unit. Um, and we see it as, it as it has been since the springtime, which I find fascinating that, you know, we operate through seasons, right? So there's, there's a growing season, there's a blooming season, there's a wilting, and there's a shedding. And so in the springtime, as all of us are, you know, getting rooted into our homes, into our nests, and sort of staying incubated with ourselves and with each other. It was a real inward reflection of like, who am I in this space of, of taking up in my own home uh, that is not work-related, that has nothing to do with that identity of being at work. And then sitting with that for a little bit and going, how do I feel about all of this? Is this how I want to operate? Is there another way? Is there a different way? And then we move into summertime. So a little bit more blooming. They're like, okay, there's, I found a new rhythm with myself. I found a new rhythm with the people that I live with. I found a new way of communicating. And then we get into a fall. There's a much more uprising. There's an, an awareness of the external of other things that are going on that are shockingly still going on. This can't be going to rise up and, and be really bright and colorful and, and magnetized about it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the shedding, right? So now we're going to wilt away from that. There's changes that are occurring. I think all of us are going through a transition of removing the energies that don't work for us. It could be people, it could be food, it could be material things in itself. And then there's going to be the, the change. So the season of, of blind painting where all of that gets washed away and wiped away at the end of the year. And then we'll start again in the new year with a different change. What is interesting through all of this is that there's an understanding of hope and faith and trust that all of these things will occur. I know for myself that I believe that it, that it does exist in this way because I see it in mother nature. I see every single season come around and it will continually go. And it has consistently happened for thousands and thousands and thousands of years right so who are we in mankind to say that no that's not correct i trust that that's the unfolding of all things so the the next little bit yes we're all going to feel challenged around that and 
for our own personal well-being, how can we address these things that do anger and frustrate us in the, in the world that's occurring, but still have full agency over ourselves and the choices that we make and know that no one has power over us, but as a collective that are moving in that sort of mindset of understanding their own personal strength, there really is a stronger bond. The more people can recognize that there are more people moving in this way, uh, there is a lot of hope. There is change that is coming. You haven't felt that already. I truly hope that you do start seeing that. Yeah. There's a couple of points there that I absolutely love. The the idea of nature being cyclical and these this cycle having been there for thousands and thousands of years. And we're aware of this. It's been documented. And and I think what's really important there is remembering that even if you're going through a rough time, this too shall pass. And you're going to move into a, another positive phase, uh, a growth phase, a blooming phase. I, I love your your analogies there and the, the, the full kind of cyclical nature of, of how these things work. But going back to it, remembering that there's a reason for every single one of those phases. There's actually a function to the wilting and to the shedding. There's a function there when we get into that fall and winter time. And we tend to notice issues with health challenges coming up more often during those times. And that's something that I work with a lot of patients on is uh, overcoming some of those seasonal affective disorder type of mm -hmm. symptoms, experiencing the positivity that the winter time tends to offer us and doing our best to, to connect with nature during that time as well. We oftentimes, and I, I feel like this year is going to be really interesting to see kind of how that winter goes. And how our moods and our, our health is through that time, because so many less people are commuting to work and we're not driving through these couple feet of snow, if, if that's depending on where you live. There's, there's differences that are going to happen this time. And I wonder if there's going to be a switch this year to really being able to focus on yourself while you're internally at your own home a little bit more. A lot of us are focusing more on our health. We have a little bit more time on our hands because of the way that work situations are, are occurring, that our businesses generally have shifted to more of an online type of platform. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, do, do you feel like there might be some difference or, or do you, have you noticed anything already based on the fact that we're generally more connected over the internet and obviously needing to keep our physical distance from one another based on everything that's going on? Yeah, I love the winter time for this particular thing that I'm going to share, and that's the hibernation. <laughs> you know, we're constantly moving beings, but in the winter time, there's a need for rest and being okay that there's this need for rest, right? The other thing that comes to mind is like the air that we breathe. In the winter time, if you can pay attention to the breath that comes in, you'll notice the cold crispness of it, right? And how that when you really pay attention to it coming into your into your nose, into your head, into your lungs, that air feels very different from the springtime air, from the summertime air. And to slow down at that pace and really feel the different textures of the air, there's like a real kind of fun, playful, like, oh, that's, that's a little bit interesting. Um, and then going back to the hibernation bit is like really resting. I think the idea of napping or resting or going to bed early, is really like, no, we can't do that. We got to constantly be moving, but we're home now. If your body is tired and you need to rest, take that time to rest. 
how great is it to just snuggle up onto the couch and take a, take a nap or, or try to get a nap in there in the middle of the day? But that's what our body is needing throughout the entire rest of the year. We're charged by the sun. And in the wintertime, the sun isn't there to, to keep us energized as an energy source. So we have to take that time to find other ways to, to rest and hibernation in the winter is such a delicious treat, I think. I love that because a lot of what I talk about and, and what even the book talks about is the idea of that rest, digest, recovery stuff. So in my book, Activate Your Vagus Nerve, I discuss the idea of getting into that parasympathetic state and, and the importance of the parasympathetic state and being in that state more often than not, and not allowing the stress state, the sympathetic fight flight state to be something that we shift into when, when necessary, not something that we should be in all the time. And the idea of hibernation and calmness and recovery and rest is so strongly aligned to that parasympathetic rest and digest state as well. And it, it goes to show that even in our seasons, we have this built in idea of rest on a daily basis at night, as the sun goes down, we should be getting into that restful phase. And in the winter time, we should be spending more time in that recovery zone and getting our bodies prepped and for, for a new spring and a new summer to be coming to be able to handle those stressors. And this is where the idea of rest and recovery play a major role. The things that we take on, those stressors that we take on are heavy and we need that recovery time. Our bodies need that recovery time. Our brain, our gut needs that recovery time. And so that's why things like hibernation is very much linked to the idea of fasting and giving our digestive system and our hormones a, a, a chance to chill out a little bit, not be under stress to get into that hibernation state. And it's a very much that, that link between how the universe works externally and how the universe works internally as well. Being mm -hmm. able to use that nature connection to us. Yeah, I love that. I want to dig into a little bit more about Tagalan itself and how you started putting the, the words onto the onto the t-shirts, how that idea came to you. I love how whimsical and beautiful those the phrases are. Dig into them a little bit, please. I, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, they are so fun to print. And a lot of them are things that you hear around you anyway. Just hadn't really coordinated it to being an, an earthly thing or a plant thing or a food and garden thing. I practice yoga and meditation. And quite often in the yoga studio, you'll hear the teachers say, root down your big toes, right? You're going into tree pose. You're going to get rooted. I like walking barefoot outside and that's a form of getting grounded and the idea of being grounded on our sweatshirts with mountains on the, the front to make sense to me. Uh, this is my jam. Um, you know, this is my jam. This is what, <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, and it's fun to see people look at the shirts and go, oh my gosh, I say that. I want that on a shirt. And they wear it all the time. And like dance with dirty feet. One of my favorite photos that we did is a photo shoot outside in the rain and we're dancing out on the grass with our bare feet and the shirt on. Yeah, this is, these are sort of the things that we want to enjoy doing and be reminded of. And so to have that way of expression with apparel, fun to do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I love how funny and punny a lot of them are, but there's, <laughs> there's always a very positive message behind it. And mm -hmm. even the idea of like, get dirty, right? you've got that on a t-shirt it's such a beautiful phrase because it, it reminds you that just to reconnect with nature is 
is such an important thing. So many of us are in this sterile, completely like avoid the dirt, don't let your kids play on the grass type of issues. And, and there's such a positive connection with being able to be in nature and being able to experience all that nature has to give us. Talk to me a little bit about how we can reconnect with nature, how nature can actually give us some positive vibes simply by us. I love grounding bare feet on the grass. It's one of my favorite things to do as well. Uh, obviously not in the winter, but otherwise <laughs> I, I will be doing that a lot. And I, I do that with my daughter. I let her go and run and play and, and get into the grass as much as she can. And I, I hear it from parents outside, like, oh, don't let her touch that. Don't, don't let her pick up the dirt and I'm like let her go like let her connect with nature in whatever way she wants let's talk about how how we can do that and and reconnect as well yeah there's really good healthy microbes in in the soil and when we study more into the agriculture we've actually depleted a lot of the nutrients from the soil that's a whole other podcast on its own I'm sure um but to feel the texture of the dirt one of the things that to incorporate our ourselves into anything, like how can we use our senses through all of it? So visually, can we look at either plants that are in our home? Actually, I'll take it one further out, like being outside and really admiring a tree. That tree is not going anywhere, but can you notice the changes that that tree is going through? Can you appreciate the seasons that this tree in particular will go through? And can you reflect that to yourself? If you start being, okay, if I'm like a tree, <laughs> it is a living organism. Can I relate to this tree in some way? And can I appreciate that? And start focusing on like the appreciations of, of different things. It starts to alter our own energy and our own mentality around how we look at the world. So that's just looking. And then can we close our eyes to it? And can we notice all the different sounds that are occurring? And if you're fortunate to be out in the country and hear like the crickets and the wood, this is where music comes from. Mother nature and the birds and, and, and the crickets, they've got their own natural rhythm. They've got a beat, you know? Just like we listen to music that's through, the, through our phones or through the radio, listen to the music that Mother Nature plays for us and really feel into the, the different beats and frequency and the vibe that, that she has. Then we have the touch, you know? So when you're out in the tree, can you notice the different textures of a tree bark? Can you notice the different textures of the sands? Can you notice the, the texture in the air, how that feels? What else we got? Taste, our foods. You know, once you start changing your, your palate of moving into more natural foods, you'll really start to taste the difference in them. And then if you can try organic food, organic foods have a much more different taste on the palate. So recognizing all of, all of those things. I think that's all of them. Smell. Most I think the smell as well is one to to bring yeah. in. But I think that's a, that's a simple one. Wherever you are, if you if you're able to go and experience that smell, right, and you notice the difference mm -hmm. between a, a beach town on the ocean uh, versus in a forest versus yeah. in, in a very different space, and and the smell of winter air is different from summer air as well, and and just kind of you're you're able to experience it with all five senses. I think that's yeah. that's wonderful. I I love even the I, I'm a travel guy as well I know I know you are as well being able to be by the ocean near water is always something that's that's really important to me water plays a major role in in a lot of the things that I connect to being able to watch the waves seeing that rhythmic flow 
but every beat being a little bit different. You talked about waves, uh, every single wave being a little bit different, but yet there's still that rhythmic flow yeah. that, that occurs there and water taking the shape of whatever container it's, it's in, right? Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee's very famous line, uh, be water, my friend, really does connect. And, and I think water is one of those really simple ways to connect to the planet and to be able to observe in, in its natural kind of ways that it functions, depending on the temperature, the humidity, depending on the light, depending on the lunar mm-hmm. kind of cycle as well. There's so many differences that occur because of how the environment around it is is affecting it and it it goes to remind us that the environment around us is affecting us and that we are exactly in that same way affected by all the different changes that can occur and so that goes to tell us that we should be surrounding ourselves with positive energy that we should be surrounding ourselves with a positive environment an environment that doesn't stress us unless we want to be stressed exercise stuff like that but also allows us to be in a positive, restful state when it needs it. And this is very much linked to the idea of what, what does that environment constitute? What, what constitutes that environment? You mentioned mi- microbes in the, yeah. uh, on, the, on the plants and the soil. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the microbiome, how bacteria and all the positive things around us and how we've we've kind of vilified them a little bit in the conventional sense mm-hmm. uh, but how important they are for our overall health yeah there's if you ever watch like you put a baby at a playground or down on the ground they're constantly just like putting things to their mouth they're learning about because there's more senses on your tongue they're learning about the different textures so it's it's not that they want to eat it and digest it and they'll get sick and poisoned. They're actually learning the different textures of the environment around them. And the soil, you know, on our, our planet, it's the top layer. It's absorbing all of the pollutants. And when we look at farming, in order to get commercial farming plants to yield more, there's a lot of chemicals that are used to ensure that type of growth. And what we know is that with water and rain, all of those chemicals and pollutants go back into the soil. And so now you're mixing what is naturally organic soil uh, with all of its balances that are in there. Now it's being mixed with all these chemicals and pesticides. And so you're reducing the quality of the soil, the, the top layer. And the erosion of that, the soil now doesn't bind together as it used to. It doesn't actually hold plant roots plants roots that grow deep into the ground actually starts filtrating the earth, starts generating oxygen, starts filtering water and removing all of the, the pollutants. And now because the, the soil is corroded, the roots aren't actually going into the ground as much, which means that we're not getting the carbon dioxide that we need to be absorbed into the soil. There's new science that's coming out around soil regenerative and, and understanding that the carbon dioxide emissions can be absorbed through deeper root soil. Uh, So I find that all fascinating because several generations ago when people were farming, there's no way that they would have touched the soil, right? They would have just allowed the soil to regenerate itself using all of the natural decomposition of the plants and and circulate that back into its next year's growth. So I just, I, I giggle sometimes and like, 
science, really? <laughs> you did not see this? You didn't hear the farmers and the indigenous folks that have been saying, do not destroy this land? There's a reason. Unfortunately, we're, we're getting the science behind it and we're getting the understanding uh, and the data that can prove the changes. So that's coming. Ancestral wisdom plays such a huge role, right? And yeah. and we're learning through research that that the our ancestors, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, mm -hmm. even uh, traditional agricultural practices and and traditional farming, the way that we had it in the past, and each individual kind of growing their own uh, and and sharing with the community that they were in, was really how how we could sustainably allow for our our lives to be uplifted and and to, for each of us to contribute in a very positive way we're now learning through a lot of this research that ayurvedic medicine traditional chinese medicine and and those traditional farming practices were the correct way of connecting with nature not overdoing it not trying to leach every nutrient that we possibly could out of the soil out of the natural remedies and the herbs that we're using in our in our care that we provide that that natural way of using the planet to help heal us and then us in turn working to heal the planet really is the way that we should have been doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to see how we went down this path of really just leeching the environment and destroying what it's been doing for us simply for our own gain and in certain greedy ways. And now the planet then needing to fight back and literally say to us, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. And the, the planet's temperature obviously then rising because of the practices that we've had and how that connects back to our health and how it connects back to our ability to be rooted in nature, in the planet and, and to connect once again with the planet that we shouldn't be hurting it, but we should be doing everything in our power to be living off the land and letting the land live off of us. Yeah. And if we're not able to do that, we're going to create these negative problems and, and create an environment that doesn't fill us with positivity and joy and, and growth. Yeah, that's right. I talked about environment before. I think one of the most important things and a, a great way for us to kind of end this conversation on is talking about our personal environment and literally the stuff that we put on our skin. Yeah. And I know that with Tagalan, you guys use the highest quality materials. You're completely sustainable in the fabrics that you use in the materials that you use, even your whole manufacturing process is completely sustainable. And you've partnered with some very amazing brands to make sure that you get this message out, but you're making sure that the, the quality remains and you're not sacrificing that. Let's talk a little bit about Tagalan and, and how uh, that physical environment and how our, our t-shirts, our shirts, and our amazingly super <laughs> comfortable sweatshirts a role in, in that as well and, and what you've done to keep that positive cycle going. Yeah. So we're, we are a slow grown fashion. So what that means is that we're not interested in pieces that you're just going to toss or just maybe wear once, or it drops to the bottom 80% of your drawer stash of t-shirts. We ensure that the, the fabric is long lasting. What we found over the years is that the quality of the cotton thread you know, it's cheaper to make them thinner and therefore we're going to have less quality materials. But when we focus on fabrics that are a higher quality, so denser fabrics and, and denser threads, they're going to last longer. And when we look at fashion, we're not looking at trendy styles. We're going to look for a piece that's going to be classic. 
you know, a, a good cut t-shirt is going to last you a long, long time, <laughs> you know, and if you enjoy how it feels on your skin, you're going to wear it more often. And so we found that with our apparel that people just love how it fits. It's cut longer through the body. It's looser. No one wants something that's tight fitting um, and, it, and it feels really good. Each piece is hand, hand touched at some points. Uh, there's human connection to it. And we're really mindful about the intention that we're creating. We're not just ripping them through the line. We're, we're really appreciating the creation that we've made because they are all hand pulled silk screens. So there's attention to detail in that. And so when we find that people are wearing our, our apparel in this way, that they love the slogans that are on there, it's a reflection of who they are, they feel good in it, they're going to be wearing it more and more often. We find that this creates a storyboard. And so when we have other brands that want to tell their story, we can be a part of that storytelling because we know that people are going to wear their shirts again. <laughs> I don't know how many messages we get. I was like, I think I've worn your shirt like three days in a row. Is that okay? It doesn't smell. <laughs> and I think I wore it a couple times at nighttime. So you know that people are, are wearing it and it feels good. So feeling good in what you wear, that makes you feel good. It comes out in your confidence. You can, you can see the energy of your, yourself being altered by what you are wearing. You're consuming less. So there's less stress on the manufacturing process of what's going on. And it's lasting a long time, you know? And if you're wearing it all the time and you're doing that for years, that's a really good t-shirt. And if you're going to invest in like sweaters, look for something that has natural yarns that are going to last a very long time. And, you know, if you're fortunate to have some really good secondhand stores where you can see wool sweaters that are decades old, but man, they still look good and they feel good and they wear really well. So we want to get that across with our apparel as well. And our hashtag is with more than dress t-shirts. It really is. I love it. And, and I will just say really quickly, the, the clothing that, that I have from you guys is at the top 20% of my piles. It's, it's usually what I'm wearing on all of our mastermind calls and usually what I'm wearing when I'm wanting to just be comfortable and, and share that outside. I absolutely can tell the quality difference. I absolutely can, can feel the love that comes from this stuff. And I absolutely love everything that you stand for and all the, the positivity that Tagalan stands for as well. In, in sharing this. So you can link it in the show notes as well. You can look it up, tagalan.com. And I'm, I'm so, so thrilled to have had such a wonderful conversation with you, Henrietta, in regards to your story, Tagalan itself, how it was built and, and what it stands for. And I, I really honestly am I'm honored to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Any last words? Where can people connect with you? You can find us online. We'll be doing some garden parties next year throughout North America. Uh, and that's essentially like a petting zoo for kids to be able to come through and actually feel and look at what vegetables look like in community garden setting. We'll also do some farm to table evening events. Um, so look for us in your various cities. If you want us to come your way, send us a message. We'd love to do that. And we'll be in more wholesale stores across North America and festivals and markets with you. Thank you so much for having me. You have been such a lovely host to have a conversation with. So thank you for all your love. It's my pleasure. I'm, I'm so happy we were able to share this. And if you want to connect with Henrietta, uh, look her up on social. She's all over the place and at tagulan.com. And you can definitely find 
more information on our show notes as well. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you, Henry, Henrietta, again for a, an amazing conversation and uh, look forward to many more of these amazing conversations as well. Thank you.